Hey friends, my name is Sarah and this is the Daydreaming Rose podcast in which I talk about folk herbalism, the tarot, trauma-informed magic as well as politics of healing and small business adventures. Sometimes it's just me sharing rituals and inspiration and sometimes I have beautiful like-minded guests on the show. If you would like to learn more about my work, you can visit daydreamingrose.com for all things magic and sarahmagdalenalove.com for web design and tech support. Feel free to subscribe on iTunes and if you like my podcast, know that a review would really be appreciated. Hey friends, just a really quick note to wish you a really beautiful new moon and update you um, on where I'm at and what's happening in my world. Um, so I am off to Morocco for a week tomorrow, which I'm really excited about. I really feel like I need a break and I'm excited to gather some inspiration to bring that back to you. Um, so if you want to see some of my um, Morocco impressions, follow me on Instagram, Sarah McDonald Love on there. Um, otherwise, I'm sending out a couple more bonuses to everyone who is a Patreon, um, which starts at $3 today. So there's a monthly ritual kit that you can get and you can find more uh, find out more at patreon.com slash Love. Yeah, that's all. Um, I really hope that you're feeling good about the beginning of the new year and all that has brought to you so far. I am super excited to share this week's interview with you. I just listened back to it and I got so much out of um, Jesse's insight about money and relating to cash and surviving in late stage capitalism. So yeah, I'm really grateful that she spoke to us and I'm excited to share with that with you. I will speak to you really soon. Bye. Hey everyone, I am really excited and I know again I always say that but it's also always true um, to have to have the money witch Jessie Susanna Kanatz on the show today. So I want to give you, as I always do, my fangirl introduction first. I came across her work on Instagram which really inspired me. I'm always up for talking about money and desire and how we relate to work in a way that includes the politics that I care about in a way that looks at things like access and class and criticism of capitalism in really interesting and creative and healing ways. So yeah, I'm really excited to have her on the show today and I have a bunch of really cool questions and before we dive into them, I'm going to let her introduce herself now. Hi, I'm Jessie Susanna. <laughs> Hi. I run a business called Money Witch. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, one of the first questions I would love to ask you before you tell us more about the business that you're running and how you came to have this awesome name is where you are in the world right now and what nature is like around you. Okay, I'm in um, uh, the Bay Area. I'm in San Francisco, the city of San Francisco in the Bay Area, Northern California, the United States, um, mm -hmm. or what currently called the United States, which is um, unceded indigenous land. Mm -hmm. And what is nature like around you? So we're recording this in November. Um, is it still really warm or can you really feel the, the seasons changing already? It's been so funny. I mean, Northern California, like we don't have, um, we don't have seasons in the way that, um, like that idea of seasons, I think, you know, is so centralized around like what seasons are like in Europe. 
you yeah. know, like the, yeah. the way that we're taught that seasons go. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's been a little unseasonably warm here, which mostly just means it hasn't been that windy. Like mm-hmm. here, it's unless uh, it gets very cold and windy, mm-hmm. um, but when it's not windy. It's not that cold. Um, but then it's been raining, which is great. We hadn't had rain for a number of years until last year. Um, but it was raining all day yesterday and this uh, overnight. So that's nice. The sun's coming out a little bit. And um, I'm looking at my neighbor's ginkgo tree and all the leaves are turning yellow and they're kind of getting ready to fall off. That sounds so like sort of fall winter light here. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, I would love to know a little bit more about how you came to do the work that you do and how you came up with your, um, I don't I don't want to call it working title because it's way too magic for that. <laughs> but how did you become <laughs> the money witch? Were you born a money witch or like how did that come to be? Um, just a very organic process. It's it's a little bit of a long story, so I could try to be more succinct, but... No, no, um, go for it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I, um, I would say that the origins of my business now start in kind of like um, around ni- er, 2000, like 1999, 2000, um, uh, which is when um, I became a sex worker. I was a stripper for like eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that experience, um, I just feel like it's a very um, intimate experience with actual cash. Like I yeah. have a very uh, powerful relationship with like literal cash. And mm-hmm. um, and then through that experience, I got the opportunity, um, I think, was like 2004 or five. Um, I was working in San Francisco. I had moved to the Bay and I was working at um, a peep show called The Lusty Lady, which at the time um, was unionized and, you know, had been kind of celebrated as like one of the only successful unionization campaigns for sex workers internationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were going to shut down the business. Basically, like they, they laid us all off and mm-hmm. were like, going to shut down the business. And um, we organized to buy it as a worker-owned cooperative. Mm -hmm. Um, So that experience, and I did a lot of work. I was on the founding board of directors and I did a lot of work um, to kind of help buy that business. And it was just like a crash course in actual business. Like, you know, I just kind of learned how to buy this like million dollar business. Wow. And with my friends, you know, so (laughs) We learned about, you know, all kinds of things with business. And then I was on the board of directors over there. And then I was in a position called Madam and then lead Madam for like a number of years over there where I got a bunch of like managerial experience, HR, just like learning a lot about business, actual mm-hmm. like running business. Um, and then I kind of segued from that. I got more interested in uh, worker-owned cooperatives and worker-owned cooperative business structure mm-hmm. and sort of started like working in larger um, sphere of worker-owned co-ops in the Bay Area through an organization called NoBoss, which is the network of Bay Area worker cooperatives, um, and then nationally, like, being involved uh, in kind of national uh, worker co-op business movement. Um, and then I started a business in 2008, which mm-hmm. is sort of like the precursor to Money Witch. Um, and it was a, it was a, 
a joint venture. I had uh, two business partners that were also coming out of the worker co-op world. And our ideal was um, that we wanted to offer bookkeeping and tax services for people within the worker-owned cooperative community with like mm-hmm. cultural competency in that arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started that and it was it was like similar offerings to what I do now, but without the spiritual slant, but there was Mm -hmm. a kind of like emotion, a little bit of an emotional or kind of like functionality Mm -hmm. aspects. Um, And um, I got pregnant and I got very sick and I had falling out with my business partner and that just kind of like crashed and burned Mm. pretty quickly. Um, And then I kind of kept doing bookkeeping a little tiny bit, did a little tiny bit of taxes, just helping people out, but was sort of just in mom lands for a number Mm -hmm. of years. Um, And then in 2012, um, there was, I mean, starting in 2011, but really into 2012, I like experienced a massive, uh, like it was like a, the tower year, you know, like yeah. like everything just got um, destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I had um, kind of a massive like spiritual reawakening mm-hmm. um, and re- sort of reconnected to a lot of spiritual power that I had felt um, more connected to as a younger person, but had been a little bit out of touch with. Um, and then, and you know, I got divorced and I got evicted and like all these things happened in one year. Right. So all of that kind of like burned down and, you know, from the ashes of that, I was just like, I have to rebuild my financial life and my professional life. And I, um, I did, and I started two businesses at one time. So I started, I'm a, a, or I'm trained as a postpartum doula. I don't really, I don't really work in that Mm -hmm. at all. So I wouldn't say, you know, I am that, but Mm -hmm. I, I started a postpartum doula business and I started money, Witch at the same time and, and, um, money, Witch just like took off to the point where I was just like, you know, okay, the doula business, like, I don't, I just shut it down. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I had become very interested through doing bookkeeping and taxes with people previously in um, like why people's behavior around money was like it was, you know, like I would go as a bookkeeper, you go and you kind of like show up to people's businesses once a month Mm -hmm. and um, you're like, Oh, you need to do X, Y, and Z to get organized, you know, or to be successful, et cetera. And then you go back the next month, like, did you do those things? No. You know, so I just got very <laughs> interested in like, I'm like, okay, why? And it's not enough to just kind of like let people know what it is that they need to be doing. Mm-hmm. It's really about digging in. You know, I just felt like in order to financially help people, like the most helpful thing I could be doing was like helping them figure out like why they're not doing the things they need to be doing. Mm-hmm to be, um, you know, stable or successful or build wealth for themselves, et cetera. Um, so that, that really factors like extremely prominently into the kind of like rebirth of my business and the way that I do business now. And so I think that's like fall of 2013, um, really like headed into yeah, fall of 2013 is like my very baby, baby, baby version of Money Witch mm-hmm. um, comes out. So we're like about four years old now. 
<laughs> cool. Yeah. That's beautiful. And it makes so much sense to me. I hadn't known about this backstory and how you came to this work and yeah, it all makes sense to me now. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I love that, yeah. you, that it took out, um, that it took off so quickly for you and that you had this clarity around this being the thing that you really wanted to do. And yeah, that's amazing. Um, can you maybe tell us a little bit more about what you love about working with people and their finances? I feel that there's so much passion and creativity and also humor coming through your Instagram account. And <laughs> I know that this fun was really something that was missing for me and finances a long time because I always felt like trapped between um, this like really being super bored and just not wanting to look at it, feeling a sense of shame around some of my financial decisions. And then also the sense of hopelessness when I would look at the system as a whole. And, um, and then another layer being um, this kind of sense of wanting to be really different than those other greedy rich people that I had never looked with at with a lot of, um, clarity or you know discerning discerning judgment all of these are not the right words but you know I think there was this like oh I don't want to be like that so I'm not going to look at my money and obviously that's not helpful at all so yeah I felt really inspired by your work and I would love to hear from you what you love and about you know what what do you love about bringing people back to their finances in a cool way I just love to see shift you know and um I really it's one of the foundational premises of my work and my business um and you know my personal work and just sort of my like spiritual philosophy that you know your human assignment like the assignment of being a human Mm -hmm. is your single most important piece of spiritual work right now mm -hmm. um or you wouldn't be doing it, you know, like there, it's like the things that make you up were not in human form for like millions of years, like will mm -hmm. not be in human form for millions of years, at mm -hmm. least not in the, the incarnation that you're in now. It's such a relatively short assignment. And, um, it, it's the, it's the foundation of like, to me, you're going to do the work that you need to do if you just focus on being a human and being a human is about being an animal and being an animal is about survival and the way that we do survival in the, you know, incarnations that we're like kind of currently as a group being assigned is mm -hmm. through this cultural structure of like late stage global capitalism. So mm -hmm. this is our assignment mm -hmm. uh, is, is figuring this out and getting into, into it, like get into the work mm -hmm. rather than, avoiding it because that's what's going to offer um, that shift and going in is what's going to offer healing, you know, which really like ripples out on so many levels. Mm. I also like believe that, you know, a lot of the work that people, or let's just say a lot of the ways that people interact with money and finance, like on a personal and somewhat political level um that's created like in the interest of um liberation like people who are interested in liberation or who are capitalist critical um or just who are like not here for oppression in general 
um, sort of have these ways of dealing with their finances that are hypothetically supposed to be sort of um, liberatory or they're just more like anti-capitalist, but I don't actually like think they're truly liberatory. So, or that they're truly helping um, us get to a more liberated space, you know, across the board. So uh, I'm really interested in like participating in a conversation about uh, liberatory economics or how the way that we interact with money contributes to liberation in a way that is like deeply radical, but also deeply practical and efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the word efficient, to be honest. That's great. Yes. Like that really works. It's really yeah. important to me to, to do things and to encourage people to do things that really work. Like mm-hmm. I'm very disinterested in kind of like hypotheticals or like what you should be doing or what you think you should be doing. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you actually going to do? And then what's the actual impact and effect of it? Mm -hmm. Um, And how does that sort of contribute to the larger picture? Yeah. Yeah. And how can that be healing? I feel that dropping the shame around money and finances and getting into a habit of having positive and constructive conversations around it is so healing as well. Well, the tendrils of like I so much everything that we're dealing with, like patriarchy, white supremacy, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like those things are so intertwined with economics mm-hmm. that if we, it's like feeling like you can kind of opt out of capitalism is similar to feeling like you can opt out of white supremacy or mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. It's like you mm-hmm. you can't like the the impact of economics in terms of like survival, power, uh, resources, those, the money part is not in a side, mm-hmm. you know, the money part is actually, a, you know, at the center really of those systems. And if we don't, really get into it and we're just kind of like skirting around it then we're not really like gonna get into the healing work Mm -hmm. you know the things that are gonna heal those systems involve money and they Mm -hmm. involve like us being present for our relationship with money so I think it's actually like you know virtually impossible to kind of heal our relationships to those things and those like massive kind of like psychic woundings that we're carrying without mm. getting into the financial aspects. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I feel that when when we're starting to talk about money with each other, there's often a sense of like overwhelm and not really being sure where to start. So I'm wondering if you can share maybe a practical tool or like a magical practice around money that you find people experience as quite accessible. Hmm. Um, well, I think transparency around money is, um, really powerful. Mm -hmm. Like I noticed yesterday I went to lunch with some of my cousins and I was like talking about my business and, you know, I'm, I'm sort of like, okay, well the, the sort of veiled or, um, 
or polite version of the story is for me to say like, oh, I, you know, I, I've been running my business for four years and it's like grown every year and it's doing good. And I, you know, I just need to keep doing what I'm doing. And, you know, I'm not quite making as much money as I would like to, but I'm on a trajectory to doing that. Mm -hmm. So, but then I was like, but actually what I want to say is kind of like, here's how much I made in 2014. Here's how much I made in 2015. Mm -hmm. Here's how much I made in 2016. Here's how much I made in 2017. You know, and here's how much of that was profit. And I felt uncomfortable doing it, but I just did it anyway, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm like, let's just talk about numbers, you know, Yeah. Um, which for transparency's sake, because I just like to do it. And, you know, I know other people who are healing, um, have small businesses in the healing arts, et cetera, probably listen to your podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool to talk about like, what does it look like for a business to grow? So I would just say, so in 2014, and this is just sales, right? Like mm -hmm. not profit. Mm -hmm. In 2014, I probably did somewhere in around $7,000 in business. Mm -hmm. uh, 2015 was um, somewhere between like around 14,000. Mm -hmm. 2016, I think was around 36,000. And this year, 2017, I'll have done probably around 57,000 mm. in sales. Yeah. Um, which is not profit, but that's what it yes. looks like for sales in a business to grow, you know, over four years. Yeah. Or in my, because I don't know, I just think like really talking about it on that yeah. level helps, is deeply liberatory and is something that people can do to just be like talking about, you know, like how much money are you living off on a monthly basis and to yeah. kind of have some transparency around that with the people around you. Mm -hmm. Um, but a little like m sort of more magical uh, tool. I, don't, I mean, I can offer just like a couple little like magic tools that I do that yeah. um, are kind of, you know, they're just energetic. So they're just um, affecting the flow in a sort of more meta way. But yeah. um, <laughs> I have a huge like spare change practice. Like I really look for change on the grounds actively mm -hmm. um, and find it all the time. And um, I follow pennies. Like when I see pennies, I'm like, oh, I'm on the right track. You know, that's a sign mm -hmm. to me that I'm sort of like on path. And um, I think pennies in the United States are really special because, um, you know, they're eat, like people don't want them, but they're made of copper, which is such a special metal. Mm -hmm. um, so when I see so I look for coins and then when I see them, I step on them and I say money on the floor, money at the door. Ooh. And then I put them in my bra and uh -huh. then um, I carry them around. And then when I get undressed at the end of the night, I put them all in this cup. Like I have a cup and then um, it's like on my money altar. And every time I walk by it, I'll like pick up the cup and shake it. Um, so I don't know. That's like one of the little money magic things that I do super actively that I feel like you know, is easy and accessible way to just sort of be, um, I don't know, talking to money, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I would, I'm also a money finder. I find coins sometimes and I see it as a positive sign and I carry them in my pocket and I don't have a jar. I really love that practice. And I, I had known about the stepping on them and um, saying that phrase that's beautiful and I want to say thank you also for sharing some of your numbers because I totally agree that um, it can feel very abstract to people what it can what it means to run a business and how it can grow and I think that also there's there are huge misunderstandings around 
profit and turnover and what that means and and you know what running costs um a business has and all of that so yeah to me it's also almost a magical practice to sit down with some people in my life that I have intimate relationships with and just get into this habit of being like this is what i made this month and this is what kind of feels missing or like this is what I would need to feel really safe and abundant or um, this is what I made last year and this is what I'm hoping to make next year and and these are my goals because I think that sometimes we kind of have this differentiation of the numbers being super abstract and like having no emotional connection to them but actually one of the most magical things in my business that I was able to do was to really connect the numbers to my emotional goals and to keep them aligned with each other and to look at, you know, like, what do I need to feel safe? What kind of insurances do I want? How, you know, how far ahead do I feel like I want to plan my bookings and my clients and all of that. And that's so new to me because I have been in employment for most of my twenties and started uh, freelancing as a, as a, 20 year old 27 year old I think and so it's been a few years now but it's still not something that we were being taught collectively in school or um a college so yeah very much feeling like I'm reclaiming or yeah kind of making that space for myself in this world and it's really interesting so thank you for sharing um oh yeah no problem and I'm happy to talk too about you know if it's helpful to say like Cause I do think it's interesting also to say, you know, like for 2017, I'm going to have done probably around 58,000 in sales. Mm -hmm. That looks like me taking home probably around, mm, I would say maybe 35 or 38,000 mm -hmm. at that, you know, and then there's the tax situation. So it's, you know, it's like, I think it is important yeah for people to understand like how much would you need to do in sales in order to sustain yourself right mm -hmm. yeah. so to me you know my goal for sales would be much closer to a hundred thousand mm -hmm. um, for the year and then ideally I would be able to take home you know seventy thousand of that mm -hmm. that would be more ideal for me but um you know and then figuring out like, what do you actually practically have to do in your business to make that happen? Mm. You know, like for me, I hit, I'm hit a little bit of a wall in terms of, you know, I don't have more hours to trade for money, mm -hmm. right? Like I don't have more time to trade for money and I don't, um, I've raised my prices a little bit over the years and I'm like going to raise a little bit more this year. Like I kind of bring them up a little bit every year, but um, you know, not enough to make me another, uh, you know, $42,000. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to kind of look at like what needs to happen in your business practically. Cause you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over. Like if I just kept doing the same thing every year and being like, I'd like to make a hundred thousand dollars and I'm like falling short every year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, it's, it just doesn't work like that. Like I have to figure out like, what do I need to do in order to make that happen? And then that's much more like product. I'm like, oh, I also need products, right? Mm. Um, so that I can have, you know, people call it passive income, but um, I think it's been kind of shifting to be called soft income more because- you know, <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's not passive, right? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, 
I, I have another question for you and I feel like we've already touched on this a little bit, but what would you say do you wish is one thing that you uh, wish people knew about money magic or money in general? Hmm. Um, that they can do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> You, that you can, that you can do it, that, um, that the idea that only some people can, you know, have control and, um, and The word that's coming to me is mastery, but I don't like that word really, but I'm just going to go with it so we can move on with this sentence um, <laughs> over money in your life. Um, like the idea that only some people can have that and that that's like stockbrokers or people who went to business school or, you know, people who come from a certain class background or people who are men or people who are white or, you know, that those are the only people who can kind of like have a super successful relationship with finances or have control over their finances. Um, that that's part of like, that's an illusion. That's part of a larger magic spell called mm -hmm. capitalism. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, you know, it's important for us to kind of like break the energetic spell of capitalism. And part of the way that we do that is by, um, you know, asserting our own position, mm -hmm. positioning in finances and in our finances. And, you know, that we all have the capacity to intervene and like be in control. And, you know, there are things like numbers are not easy for everyone. And, um, you know, not everyone's brain like does numbers in the same way and not everyone's mm -hmm. going to have the same relationship to um, kind of like their finances, but, but there's practical, everyone has the capacity to um, kind of affect change on an energetic and practical level of finance in their own life. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, just that it's like, it is for you. Like money is for you is mm -hmm. the thing that I wish that people knew. Yeah, that's a beautiful phrase. I'm definitely gonna remember that money is for you because I feel like I also really care about expanding people's capacity to dream a little bit bigger without falling into this more like law of attraction. If I can do it, everyone can do it. We're totally not going to look at structural stuff because, mm -hmm. you know, and that's so different and that's not what we're saying here. I feel like that's really important to say, but I so often hear people just recently t spoke to another friend who has a working class background and they said, um, Oh, I will never have a pension. And I, um, I really wanted to kind of just be present with the experience of, of that. And, you know, it, it didn't feel like I wanted to be like, oh, no way. But, you know, look, you could do this or that. And, you know, that wasn't just wasn't the right thing to do. But at the same time, there's, there was some sadness. And I feel that collectively, I really want people to feel that they can take ownership and control and work with this in a different way that can feel more empowering. And so, yeah, thank you for picking that apart a little bit. 
Um, I would love to know, uh, kind of as we wrap up, what you're currently offering and how you came to offer that. So, uh, like, what was the process like to come up with um, the services that you're offering and where can people find them if they want to learn more about them? Sure. So um, I offer the, the core offerings of my business is um, uh, number one, the uh, service I call intuitive financial coaching. Mm -hmm. So those are two hour sessions um, and I do them in person in the Bay or I do them via Skype. Mm -hmm. um, and it's basically a two hour session where we kind of dive into whatever set of practical questions a person has and then kind of like also pull in uh, the emotional, ancestral, spiritual aspects of what's going on. Um, it looks a little bit different with everybody kind of depending on what they want. Like some people come with a very clear set of uh, questions and goals and some people are just like, I just really need to get into my relationship around money. Like something has to change. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So it can kind of start from any of those points. Mm -hmm. um, and I um, just use a combination of kind of like interviewing and um, intuition to follow like a series of interview questions that will kind of unveil like what sort of practical and spiritual tools might be helpful in mm -hmm. creating a shift in finances for that person. Um, and then I'll usually look at people's astrological chart too, to kind of see like, how is this work weaving into the larger cosmic assignment? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one thing I do. And then, um, I do tax preparation services, mostly for people who um, have small businesses or um, including uh, people who have small businesses doing sex work. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I can do them for whoever, but that's like the, the crux of my clientele. Mm -hmm. And um, then I teach workshops uh, thus far only in person, but I just last week, finally, finally, it was a huge accomplishment for me because I've been talking about it and wanting to do it for so long. Um, I recorded one of my courses onto video and I'm going to like work on editing in December with my wonderful videographer, Ruben, mm -hmm. um, and hopefully have that out in January as a course to buy online. And I'm also this month working on an e-zine. Um, on money. So the course that I'm doing is my most practical course. It's called mm -hmm. Business Basics for Not-So-Basic Business Babes. And mm -hmm. it's about bookkeeping, taxes, and kind of legal structure mm -hmm. of your business. Um, so it's going to probably be like most appropriate to people who are doing business in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm working on an e-zine um, on money magic, which is just, you know, the kind of more like fun, spiritual metaphysical aspects mm -hmm. um, and that hopefully also will be coming out sometime in December or early January. Cool. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited about all that and the updates. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. The updates for everything are um, on my website, which is healyourfinances.com mm -hmm. or you can find me on um, Instagram at money.witch and mm -hmm. that's where all the updates about all those things and like how to book appointments and all that is there. 
Yeah, perfect. I really love your Instagram. So just wanted to give that another boost and really encourage people to check that out because it's awesome. Thank you so Thank you. much. <laughs> Thank you so much for um, being here today and for sharing so much of yourself and for answering my questions and taking the time. I'm going to make sure that we add your links to the show notes as well. So if people are really interested and they haven't had a chance to write them down, not to worry, they're going to be there. And yeah, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs>